Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, February 16th. On this date in 1862, Union General Ulysses S. Grant earned a new nickname after a Tennessee battle. Okay, Civil War buffs, do you know that nickname? I'll have the answer coming up. But first, let's head over to the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center for your Thursday forecast. And good Thursday morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Silvine. A mix of sun and clouds today starting out in the 50s and 60s. Not feeling very February-like out there. In fact, temperatures will be in the mid-70s at lunchtime. Upper 70s to around 80 this afternoon. We'll carry a slight chance of a shower through today. Most of you will stay dry. Better chance of a few scattered showers tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon. Before a cold front comes through tomorrow evening. Seaweed officially begins tomorrow. Goes through the weekend. Cooling down for it. 73 tomorrow. 64 for a high on Saturday, so cooler with sunshine morning low at 35 on Saturday morning, 40 on Sunday morning. Small chance of a shower, but we start to warm up in the afternoon, upper 60s, mid-70s Monday. We're in the 80s by next Wednesday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. It's a new day in Colleton County where murder case against Alec Murdoch is building to a critical point as we near the end of the fourth week of his murder trial. But while the state is nearing the end of presenting its case, there was another last minute twist yesterday that could extend testimony. Nick Reagan is live this morning at the county courthouse with the very latest. So Nick, the judge made a significant pair of rulings yesterday. Can you walk us through them? Yeah, good morning, Katie, Aisha. Those uh, rulings centered on the murder for hire or suicide for hire case and whether or not that evidence would be allowed in this case. Now, remember back that is the uh, suicide for hire plot in which Alec Murdoch allegedly hired Curtis Eddie Smith to shoot him in order to get some insurance money for Buster Murdoch, his remaining son. Now, in the in the morning, Judge Clifton Newman, he ruled that the case couldn't be used, calling it a bridge too far. But right before court adjourned for the day, he reversed that ruling, saying that the defense opened the door for that evidence in its questioning of SLED Special Agent David Owen. Now, we also saw the third interview that Murdoch did with SLED in August, just a few months months after the murders of his uh, wife Maggie and son Paul. The interview was supposed to be SLED giving Murdoch an update on the case, but in reality, they were just teeing up to ask him the big question. Did you kill Maggie? No. Did I kill my wife? Yes, sir. No, David. Do you know who did? No, I do not know who did. Now, guys, the defense, they've been waiting for Owen to take the stand, challenging every conclusion that SLED has made. They say law enforcement inadvertently destroyed evidence by not securing the scene. They failed to immediately search the Almeda property where Murdoch was supposed to be during the crime. And they never truly looked at any other suspects. Rather, they simply pieced together a case against Murdoch uh, with what they could find. Now, while the uh, state's evidence does show major inconsistencies with uh, Murdoch, alibi. The defense, they had a great day yesterday. They pointed out that there is no murder weapon. There is no significant uh, blood DNA and there are no bloody clothes that you would normally associate with a close range gunshot wound. But, you know, certainly there's still a lot more to unpack. The state, they're expected to wrap
wrap up today, but we also thought that yesterday, of course, with the judge allowing the suicide for hire evidence into the courtroom, everybody is still wondering right now whether or not we are going to see Curtis Eddie Smith take the stand today. Katie, back to you guys. Nikki Haley says it's time for a new generation to lead America. The former South Carolina governor has officially kicked off her 2024 presidential campaign in Charleston, uniting the party with a new generation of traditional conservative ideals. That's the vision for America that Nikki Haley pitched to voters. Haley advertised conservative values like supporting troops and police, a pro-life stance, becoming energy independent, standing up to communist China and cutting taxes. This is not about identity politics. I don't believe in that. And I don't believe in glass ceilings either. I believe in creating a country where anyone can do anything and achieve their own American dream. Haley said throughout her speech that she's been underestimated before, yet won every race she's run in. Her message to voters is that America is not past its prime, but current politicians are past theirs. Following Haley's announcement, the South Carolina Democratic Party released a critical statement reading in part, we here in South Carolina saw Nikki Haley create the model for the MAGA agenda that Donald Trump pushed as president. And Haley is sorely mistaken if she thinks South Carolinians haven't forgotten that record. A quick reminder. Dorchester School District for families. The district says that they're going to be switching to virtual learning over the next few days. That change coming after the district identified a case of strep pneumonia. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, it's bacteria that causes a disease in the respiratory tract of people, especially kids. Now, district officials say the move will start today and students will return to class uh, on Tuesday next week. They say a deep clean in all Harleyville, Ridgeville classrooms and buses will be taking place. Dorchester District 2 has released their calendar for the next school year. The school calendar shows the first day of school will be different for students. The first day is August the 21st. This is a later date than the current school year. No graduation date has been set, but the last day of school is June the 6th. You can find that calendar under the big red box at live5news.com. A bill that declares life begins at conception has passed a second reading in the South Carolina House of Representatives. According to the House Republican Caucus, this is a, quote, major win and the most advanced pro-life legislation in our state's history. Anna Harris tells us what this could mean for women if it is passed. To be clear, this bill is different from the six-week abortion ban the Senate passed earlier this month. That being said, the two chambers will still need to come to a compromise. This House bill is called the Human Life Protection Act. Its intention is to prohibit anyone from knowingly providing drugs to a pregnant woman that could cause an abortion, unless it is during an emergency situation. Some of these circumstances include incidents of rape or incest, when a fatal fetal anomaly is present, or when the life of the mother is at risk. Representative John McCravey, the sponsor of the bill, says this bill, quote, sends a message that the days of abortion as birth control are drawing to an end. And it is now time for our pro-life senators to keep their word and vote to pass this bill. 
Contraceptives in vitro fertilization and other assistive reproductive technologies are not prohibited. Additionally, the biological father would be liable for paying 50% of the birth mother's pregnancy from the time of conception and child support moving forward. This bill still has to go through a third reading before it officially passes the House and heads to the Senate. In the newsroom, Anna Harris, Live 5 News. Anti-Semitism is on the rise in South Carolina. That's according to the CEO of the Anti-Defamation League, who gave an update on incidents in the area. Jonathan Greenblatt spoke at Synagogue Emanuel in West Ashley last night. ADL's regional director says preliminary numbers for 2022 show an increase in anti-Semitic incidents here in our state. The event was a partnership between the regional ADL office and the Charleston Jewish Federation. Leaders from the organization shared how they are combating anti-Semitism here in the Lowcountry and strategies community members can utilize. South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson is joining 15 other state attorneys general in responding to President Joe Biden's call for Congress to ban assault-style weapons. During the president's State of the Union address last week, he called on lawmakers to complete work on the weapons ban. Wilson and other attorneys general called Biden's comments irresponsible, radical, and unconstitutional. Wilson claims under Biden's proposed policy, the administration will deprive 100 million Americans of their ability to defend themselves and their families, homes, and businesses. You can read the full letter sent to the president at live5news.com. Today will be the first official step in the proposed redevelopment of the Ashley Landing Shopping Center. Charleston City leaders, they're going to meet this morning to discuss the request to move the Publix on Sam Rittenberg and West Ashley and replace it with the multifamily housing complex. Our Molly McBride joins us from the Ashley Landing Shopping Center now with details about the developer's proposal. Good morning, Molly. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. Although in its very early stages, the proposal includes demolishing the Publix behind me, rebuilding it across the parking lot, and then building multifamily housing in its place. City officials tell me the proposal is in its pre-application stage. This morning, developers will present their plans, and then the technical review committee will give initial comments back to developers about things like code requirements, stormwater calculations, and infrastructure. If you look on social media or talk to people in the area, some people are concerned about a housing complex going in on the site. I spoke to one woman who tells me she's concerned about overdevelopment in the area. I think it's horrible. Um, the parking will be a major issue. Apartments, I, I just can't see it. I also spoke to Robert Summerfield, the city of Charleston's director of planning, preservation and sustainability, who tells me there is no public discussion at today's meeting. He says once the proposal goes to Charleston's design review board, there will be an opportunity for the public to comment on the design of the building. But the proposed developer is the property owner and they already have zoning in place. The design has to be consistent. They have to meet the various code requirements. So there, you know, there's still, I think, some opportunity for um, a refinement, maybe, in the idea that's been put forth. But no, under current zoning, they have the right to be able to have a commercial center, to have some residential component, um, to relocate things on their property. Summerfield says the redevelopment process will likely happen in stages and will take multiple years to complete. 
Reporting live in West Ashley, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. An MUSC Health Center has been approved for a grant that will better provide lung cancer screenings to the Lowcountry. Through this Stand Up to Cancer grant, the Fetter Healthcare Network is teaming up with MUSC for these screenings. Samantha Popovics joins us live in downtown Charleston. And Samantha, tell us a little bit more about this grant and who is qualified to get these screenings done. MUC Hollings Cancer Center is one of the three cancer centers awarded money from the $3 million Stand Up to Cancer grant. The other two cancer centers are in North Carolina and Virginia. The purpose of this four-year grant is to improve screening rates and cancer outcomes for those who may not have access to medical care in underrepresented communities. MUSC officials say the partnership between Fetter Healthcare and Hollings will help refer patients at Fetter to a social worker at Hollings. This partnership will also help patients navigate any barriers they have, such as transportation, insurance, or finances that may prevent the patient from getting a screening. Health officials say those who qualify are in the age ranges of 50 to 80 with a background of smoking a pack of cigarettes a day for 20 years. MUSC Dr. Marvella Ford, who serves as Associate Director of Population Sciences and Cancer Disparities and Director of Community Outreach and Engagement, says lung cancer death rates are higher for black males than any other group. In this study, um, we have an opportunity to really focus on high-risk populations. We're looking at a lot of rural populations as well in each of our three states. All of our uh, three states, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Virginia, have um, a high percentage of Black people in the population. Dr. Ford says nationally, only 6% of people who are eligible for lung screenings get them. She says she hopes this grant raises awareness to the importance of getting lung screenings. Reporting live in downtown Charleston, Samantha Popovics, Live 5 News. Thank you, Samantha. Well, the MUSC Sean Jenkins Children's Hospital is launching a fun new addition this Friday. A new mini putting green is set to be unveiled. Golf Fights Cancer is a nonprofit organization that raises money to support both cancer-related and research organizations. The putting green came about with the help of a generous gift from GFC in honor of the Professional Golfers Association Council, Matt Kaiser, who died from brain cancer. The ribbon-cutting ceremony will be outside at the east corner of the building by Courtney Drive at Calhoun Street. It'll be at 4 p.m. Representatives from the PGA are also expected to be there. Well, if you're looking for an opportunity to give back, you are in luck. We're taking a look at some local blood drives that are going to be happening around the area this week. Now, Somerville Medical Center is partnering with the Blood Connection to host a blood drive today. That's going to be held at the Visitor Center cafeteria. And for every donation made, $20 is going to be donated to the Low Country chapter of the American Red Heart, uh, the American Heart Association. And you can donate between 10 and 3. We have a link to make that appointment under the big red box and we here at live five also want to give you a chance to give the gift of life we're going to partner with the red cross and iHeartRadio radio for a blood drive that's going to happen monday february the 20th at citadel mall you can head to redcrossblood.org and use our sponsor code live five to participate at the top of the show i mentioned that a civil war battle in tennessee on this date in 1862 earned Union General Ulysses S. Grant a new nickname. It was the Battle of Fort Donelson, 
And after some 12,000 Confederate soldiers surrendered, Grant's new nickname, based on his initials, became Unconditional Surrender Grant. After the war, Grant would become the nation's 18th president, serving from 1869 to 1877. Celebrating birthdays today, singer and actress Peggy King is 93, actor William Catt is 72, and actor and rapper Ice-T is 65. Thank you for joining us for Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all, produced every weekday morning. You can listen and subscribe at live5news.com slash podcast. And download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.